So yeah, should we say uh, what we got each other for Christmas, which was $30 to buy whiskey from the Dylan and a high spot subscription from us? Yep. <laughs> I'm really glad you asked if um, you asked me like to go in on you with that for Dylan. Because- I really, I, I'll be 100% honest, I was really expecting you guys to send me like a hat from the BS store. <laughs> Which I also would have accepted. Dylan. But I was totally expecting to just pay, like open up a thing and get Fight Boys merch and just be like, touche, motherfucker. This is not a joke. Your original present until I thought about High Spots was a hat and a jacket from merch.aloadofyourps.com. This sounds terrible. I honestly would have preferred that. <laughs> well, no, the, I, I don't have I don't have enough time to watch high spots. I have time to wear this stupid hat. Well, no, no, it was the, it was <laughs> this hat, and then during one of our cult opens, you talked shit about the green brim, and I was like, "Fuck, we can't do it." He doesn't like the green brim. We're fucked. What do we do now? Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore. I'm fucking Blake Tanner. We've done this three times now. <laughs> I'm two days into the new year. I already fucking hate you. <laughs> well, some of that was overlap from last year. It was rollover hatred. Uh, no, we were doing pretty good after Christmas. <laughs> You got me that high spots membership. I can't use it, but you know, it was a really nice gesture. I appreciated the gesture, yeah. One of these days when I have free time, I'm going to use it, stream nothing but, uh, you know, talking, uh, popping dogs and talking hogs. And uh, Is it bad when I was, like, looking? They have, like, lengths of memberships, like, three months, six months, whatever. I literally was going through, like... How long until we go down there for WrestleMania? Because I gotta keep the, keep that subscription until we're there. Uh, then it can run out. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Once we use it, it's useless. <laughs> um, no, it was... Okay, here, let, let me explain. So I got there uh, two hours early by accident. And yes. you, you did ask us... What do you think would be a good time to get to the venue? No, no, no. I had planned on there being more traffic. Because I have to go up all the way up two interstates. And the fact that there were no crashes, honestly a miracle. Yes. So I got there two hours early. The fact that there wasn't a meth head on fire in the middle of the road really was a shocker. Really off day for Florida, huh? I guess every... (laughs) Completely was. Well, it was like, oh, I could have gone somewhere but two things one it's jacksonville yeah and two i didn't want to get i didn't like i didn't trust something to not happen to me and there's nothing to do there yeah so i just stood outside the venue talking shit with people or like you know talking to people for an hour and then i went to the venue and my seats were way better this time because i learned my lesson because as i said before daly's place is a terrible place for a wrestling show once you're more than a certain number of rows back, which is why there were less people this time. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, good good seats. Um, I didn't go. I didn't look at the merch stand because I have the internet. So, also, I will say, speaking of those seats, you were equally blessed as I was. You got Moxley blessed. 
I did. I got Moxie blessed. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, so, Justin Roberts comes out. And Justin Roberts' Titantron, which I sent you the picture of, is just Justin Roberts holding up a microphone and the Golden Girls at his feet. Like, <laughs> like a fucking, like, Conan book cover. Oh, man, my favorite, by the way, speaking of merch, my favorite new piece of merch is the um, John Moxley X Justin Roberts shirt, where it's just a tiny, chibi Justin Roberts in the corner, and then in just big, bold, white text, it says, yeah, that's it. Nah, he <laughs> milked it. Of- he milked it this week. Oh, yeah. He knew that merch was coming out. I love that there was a little pause in there, and somebody brought up, do you think he was just really fighting not to say Cena after that? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so then then Justin Roberts comes out, announces what's going to happen, uh, looks at a bunch of the signs in there. My favorite being XFL is a pissant company. That was a good one. <laughs> nice. I, Justin Roberts knows how to work a fucking crowd. Justin Roberts is great. He's he's good. He was wearing a like he was an outdoor venue, so he had on this like wool overcoat over his suit, and all I could think the whole time was, man, his shoes are way too shiny. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, dark match happens. It was originally advertised as bring proud and powerful versus uh, Austin and Billy Gunn. Instead, I had to watch Sean Spears come out. Yeah. Go into the ring, and then some dude named like. Tucker Vance or something. I think he had the word vanilla, like legit <laughs> across the back of his, of his lime green gear, lime green trunks. Ah, it's awful. Good wrestler though. Legit, he could he could get heat. He did he did well. Um, also, I forgot Austin Gunn was a wrestler, and when you texted. Okay, I got to watch Billy Gunn and his son wrestle. I was like, when did they fucking sign Ziggler? I didn't know. I thought he was still signed to like a multi-year deal. Um. Oh, also, I should say, as a preclude to everything else I say after this, there was this rather large black man behind me who felt the need to be very outspoken during the entire thing. Did you bask was- in his glory? No, but he decided he decided to uh, to be vocal by saying the same shit over and over again, including Billy Gunn in the building. That's right, the whole flight line, Billy Gunn in the. And during the MJF segment, he said "kiss the ring" out loud no less than twelve times throughout <laughs> the length of that man's promo. And he had like a he had a WWF like the new WWF title, and he'd just be like. Titles on the line at all times. Titles on. I just want to be like. I just want to stand up, take it, take it, yuck it into the ring, and <laughs> just be like, "Go fight someone for it." Then. Oh no no! I would have rolled him up twenty four seven style, and then had another another fan count the pin, and I'm like, "I did it." If there was a fan in a like a ref shirt, because that's all you need, then boom, yeah. you'd have done it. Seats were too narrow. I thought about it. Yeah. Or or Maria Menounos, as we found out on New Year's. Maria Menounos in a rough shirt counts as well. Very true. That's fair. I'm also, I'm sad that you miss Drunk Hangman Page, though. Oh no, I gotta I gotta see him drunkenly walk across because there's like oh. you, like you you see there's the the uh, fencing and then there's like the people on the on one of the hard cameras. Right. Um. He like with his drink drunkenly walked across the catwalk in front of that. Like just oh, like whoa, whoa, that's whoa. good. So I got to see that, which is arguably better. 
because I actually thought he was going to fall. And it did lead to the best image in professional wrestling history, which is Hangman with just a shit-eating grin, and then his fucking, like, little nameplate comes up. Hangman Adam Page has been drinking. Across <laughs> the- it's fucking uh. art. I want to get it printed on a canvas and have him sign it and put it on the wall. I need it. Man, that would be really good. Anyway, going back to my experience, uh, so there was there was that match. It was actually... Hot. crowd was really hot for Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn still got it uh, yeah. in terms of that. Probably because he was the only WWE guy that people n- knew. Nobody recognizes Sean Spears. Yeah. But uh, mm. no, it was actually it was like that was that was decent. Show opens up. Cody uh, Darby happens. I'm on the Cody cheering spectrum. Everybody else is on the Darby. Actually, no, it was like a fifty fifty split, which was really mm-hmm. impressive. Also, Scotty. Yeah. Scotty, you watched it on TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did they say what the fuck Arn Anderson yelled? No, are you talking about when he got in the ring at the end? No, when he was, like, up on the apron, and then, like, the finish happened. Like, I have no idea. Um, what it was, was he got in, he didn't yell anything. I Like, and if he did yell anything, he would cover his mouth, which I really liked. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that bit. Arn's a, Arn's, I don't know why I like him being there as a manager, but with Cody, it's a weird choice, but I'm fine with it. Maybe if it was back when he was feuding with Spears and you would have Tully and Arn on opposite ends, that would have been fun, but I don't get it with Cody right now, but all he did was he got in the ring, looked at Cody, Cody looked at him, and Arn tapped his knee, essentially saying, he's about to do it, get the fucking knees up. Oh, okay, cool. That makes way more sense. I didn't see that. Because I thought he was about to, like, distract the ref or something. And then he didn't. And I was really happy with that. But, yeah, no, that was a that was a crazy fucking match to watch live. Yeah, easily. I'll bet. It's like, oh, we're going to do a middle rope Yoshi tonic. <coughs> I'm going to I'm going to hit the apron coffin, bro- uh, coffin drop spot, but not like like f- flush. I'm going to hit it at an angle. So we're both going to fly off the side. Yeah, yeah, and commentary did a great job of selling that because they were all just like, "Yeah, he, he hit it. Did he get a knees? What the fuck?" And then finally, I can't remember if it was Excalibur or Jr. It just went. There's no good way. Both men are going to get injured from that. It's obvious. It's like, yeah, I, I and I love damned if you do, damned if you don't situations in a match. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the one armed man versus one legged man. Uh, Ring psychology towards the end of it. That was real nice. So that was a really good match. Uh, then the women's four-way match happened, which was way better than I expected it to be. Nice. And that I'm also angry about because they legitimately had me believing that Sheeta was going to win. Like, when she when she hit, like, you know, the uh, suplex driver and, like, had an, I was like, that's it! Holy shit! No. No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. re- oh, you and every other fan in that arena, because it was... Oh, no, we did. Oh, also, what what did Britt say? Because that promo came on, like, like at the end. There was, like, some tech malfunction in the arena, so we didn't get to see it. I just saw Britt Baker walk away huffy. Yeah. I think it was Britt trying to start a little bit of a heel turn, but it was her just walking up and pulling, like, pulling, like, the CM Punk versus The Rock promo of, like, I'm here all the time. You're not. I'm here and able to be a dentist, and you're not here all the time, so I deserve the title. That was the gist of the promo. No one cared. Yeah, then she shouldn't have gotten rolled up. <laughs> Honestly, in that in that match, the entire time it was going, I was like, please, anyone but Brit. Please, anyone. <laughs> anyone but Brit. 
Nyla Rose did work. Oh, yeah. Nyla killed it. Nyla Rose did my favorite move, which is hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker. <laughs> Who doesn't love that spot? They're just so good. It was great. The fucking senton onto the... I was like, oh, okay, well, Sheeta's dead now. That's unfortunate for my prediction hopes. No, that was a that was a that was an outstanding outstanding match. Yeah. Um there were a couple of segments after that. Actually, the Trent Moxley match was a lot more competitive than I expected through parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. The minute I heard about it, that was I had already been a little bit jealous that you were going, but the minute I saw Oh, Trent's got, like, a legitimate... Which, I guess the Pentagon match was a legitimate big-time match, but, like, this was the biggest match of his career, and he showed it. Yeah, and then and then John Moxley walked five seats away from me down the aisle way. I looked for you, but I couldn't find you. I wasn't close enough that I could touch him, but he was also kind of sweaty both ways, so I didn't really want to. Fair, right. fair point. It was good. It was self like very uh, self confidence building to know that I am physically bigger than John Moxley. <laughs> yeah, I think the closest I ever got to any of the Shield guys during an entrance is one time I was like literally two seats away from Roman as he was making his entrance. So I got right up next to him and started doing the fucking cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz shit up at him, like put him up, put him up, and he just looked at me and then shook his head and then walked away. That's honestly even better, because you know he recognized that as just, like, this bullshit. <laughs> oh, we're yeah. doing this again, huh? This again. <laughs> so that was really good. The segments were all really good. The main event the main event was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, easily. Like, put that shit in my... The thing is, is that, like, I was by that ring post, and they were doing the weird thing where, like, since they were filming from that other camera, where I was, was, like, where they were standing... So during tag matches, my view was partially blocked by the actual competitors. Yeah, yeah. Which was unfortunate. But yeah, no, that was, that was, that was, it was so good. It was so good. Because I, I appreciate it because midway through it, I was like, oh, okay, they're actually showing the, the elite being dominant in this match. Most of the time it'd be like 50-50, like, you know, other things. And like, while Pac, Pac was, was a bastard and like did that bullshit, um, yeah, no, they were like they were doing their all their like tandem three man moves and like Nick Jackson f- fucking like like Slade Pen- or uh, Phoenix at one point just hitting a Street Fighter combo. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite moment I think had to have been when like Pac got in the ring. I can't remember. If, I don't think the Bucks hit a super kick, but they did something to take down Pac, and they both just walked over to Kenny and were like. Go on. Get him. Go get him. All yours now, big man. How did how did the crowd receive? Uh, did you get to view MJF just kissing a woman in the front row? Because apparently... No, but that- I, I watched him going around and doing stuff. Apparently the dude in the red shirt was a big problem during TV for those people. Uh, which, which one? Like, the older guy with, like, a bald head? I don't know. He, like, had a bright red shirt. He was, like, right by the entrance ramp. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's who it is, who I'm thinking of then. Yeah, but like, yeah, good for good for him. He was getting cheap heat along the crowd the whole way along. And, and then pe- went on to not get cheap heat, but just legit heat. But be, not doing like cliche heel stuff of being like, if we do this match, you have to have one arm tied behind your back or stuff like that. It was smart. It was, if we fight, it's going to be at Revolution because then he gets the big pay-per-view payday. 
I also get to beat the shit out of you with a belt in the ring. And also I get to lock you in a cage with this big motherfucker next to me. So literally, it is him breaking Cody's spirit, mind, body. It's all of it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's good. That's good shit. Also, I'm kind of wondering how Cody's just gonna give in to getting whipped in the ring, but okay. Uh, it'll be it'll be fine. Uh the biggest fe- that's gonna go up on like Brazzers two days after that episode airs. Oh no, everybody <laughs> behind me was like whipping like like wit you're gonna whip we're not that seems unnecessarily sexual. Yeah. I think it's because that's what Cody like at least heel Cody does. He'll take off like the wet weight belt and whip people with it, so he's like, I'll I'm gonna do it to you now. That's the yeah, only reason la- I can think lashings. Lashings would have been a better word. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. But um, no, no, everybody was just like, just everybody was just like, we hate you, we hate you so much. Please leave. That'd be a, uh, that'd be a good match idea though, the lash match. Yeah, yeah. Lash man standing. There we go. <laughs> Fuck yes. Featuring Bobby Lashley. No, mm-hmm. no, Do not we at all. Even want to this week? Um, no. We'll get there later. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get there. We do have a whole segment dedicated to the worst things in wrestling this week. And the only other thing I really have from Raw is, like, is it getting good now? Apparently, because, like, other than that segment, that th- we had Buddy Alistair again, which is fucking always gonna be a good match. You've got Seth Rollins as a heel feuding with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, the m- most terrifying babyface tandem of all time. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm thinking like maybe Paul's finally able to dig his mitts in at this point. I, I think that's what it is. Cause apparently, and we're going to get into it. He wanted to push Liv Morgan, really wanted to push Liv Morgan. And then Vince said that and said, okay, I'll let you push him or push her. And he pushed her right into the garbage. So here's, here's the thing for, for dynamite. Just, just, just two more, just two more things. One, yeah. um, TV cannot adequately capture that knee that that Kenny gave uh, Phoenix. There's no adequate oh, way to yeah. capture the impact of that in the building. Because we <clears throat> we all saw like Phoenix going for oh this is and then it was just it was like it was like straight out of a fucking Van Damme movie just bam. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, TV probably didn't do it justice, but it was fucking vicious on TV was, oh, too. Yeah, brutal as a motherfucker. Also. Um, this sounds so terrible. <coughs> I'm sorry, three things. I never realized how much of a midget Jack Evans was. Sorry, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't, I guess it's because he's lean. I always assumed he was very tall. Yeah, no, I just, I assumed he was like five, six or something, but he's like five, four. He's the same height as Penelope Ford. Oh, damn. Oh. Uh, and then also, so like normally I see all these things about the elite closing out shows and it being this big party. And, like, all I got was SCU being like, yeah, we're going to have a great year and throwing t-shirts. And I felt gypped really well, hard. Welcome to how I felt when the best friends closed out mine. And it was just Chuck Taylor kind of nervously being like, guess we're in the show here. Okay. See y'all. <laughs> that was it. I would have taken that. I would have taken that over this. I'm hoping uh, I get to go to the Atlanta one because I you Cody has to close that one out. Cody has to be the one to come out and be like, this is my hometown. We're closing this out right. So that's there all I can Jacksonville. You don't have the elite close out the homecoming. Jesus Christ. I yeah. think they did on TV and TV was awesome. 
But yeah, no, I just felt. Also, Frankie Kazarian's got an arm. Because, like, I moved up for it, and he threw it past where I was previously sitting. Oh, wow. My my favorite was still uh, during the SEU promo with, who was it that came out? Was it, it wasn't Private Party. Whoever came out during the SEU bit, and they just walked up to him, and walked up to Chris, and was just like, they've got belts, why don't you? And they start talking, and then at one point they go, we think you're the best, but we're actually the best. That's what we think. And then Frankie quietly just goes, do ya? Do ya? <laughs> Do ya? It's like, yeah, fuck yes. But, boys, we now have to prepare oh, to also, go to- Also, I, I, I got to yell at Sammy Guevara as he walked by, because he did the same thing. And I can't tell you how cathartic it was to yell at Sammy Guevara, your hair is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> Has his tights always been so revealing? Because no, like, no, that was hilarious because he got put in their shattered dreams and just put his ass on display for that whole half the crowd. It was great. Oh, they showed it on TV too. But I, I was just like, either Sammy's got a great ass or the worst tight maker of all time. It's one of the two. I don't know which. Yes. <laughs> it's just a yes. But like I said, we got to get prepared to go to the kingdom this weekend. Which means that I've brought my special friend Matt Taven here. Come on in, Matt. Oh wow! No, nothing. <laughs> no laughs off that. It was kind of like uh, it was kind of like Super Card of Honor last year. No, <laughs> no reaction to Matt David at all. Oh, so that's what you're okay. It's it's Wrestle Kingdom season, which means that we've got to make some predictions, and that means Dylan's gonna know a lot, and me and Blake are gonna know absolutely not shit. Oh boy. Dylan, I want, I kind of want you to read the names, because you know how to pronounce them. Uh, night one. Yes. Match one. There are 20 matches overall, so if you're listening to this, fucking buckle up. (laughs) Here we go. Go to iTunes. Go to the spot where you can change the speed and just hit times two. It'll get you through this a lot faster. Uh, special, uh, stardom tag team match. Uh, Mayu, uh, Iwatani and... Arasa Hoshiki uh, versus Yulia and Hana Kimura. Okay. I have Hanara. I have uh, I have Mayu Iwatani. I... Oh, no, no, no. I had, uh, I had Iwatani. Never mind. No, you didn't. You didn't have anybody. Oh, no, I forgot to type it in. I had Iwatani. I sure you did. You weren't just waiting for me to say something. Hold on, wait, wait, no, because you are on Wikipedia. Which team... Has both members with a Wikipedia profile, because that's the one I chose. Oh, G- uh, Gilea and uh, Kimura. Okay, so I've got Kimura then. Okay. All right, so this is going to be a complex she explanation. She helped Brock Lesnar break Triple H's arm. Of course I'm picking Kimura. <laughs> um, you got your quarter? <laughs> you had eight hours. Oh, here they come. Here comes oh, the man. coin of justice. All right, hold on. Here we go. Blake time. Heads. Kimura and Gillian. All right. Fantastic. Uh, second match. Great Bash heel. Uh, Yua Imura and Yota Tsuji uh, versus Tohenari, Alex Coughlin, or Kotlin, uh, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks. I had Hinari for no apparent discernible reason. I did for discernible reasons in that uh, Carl Fredericks won the Young Lions Cup, 
Yeah. And they're really pushing like the LA Dojo boys. Oh, okay. I can see that. They're, uh, I'm just gonna, this, this is gonna be a big Dylan segment where me and Blake quietly are like, we pick Hinari, I guess, okay? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Uh, That's why you have quarters. All right, hold on, here we go. I'm gonna fuck myself so bad. Okay, so, um, the Young Lions. Okay. Cool. I mean, to be fair, they both have young lines, but yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the one with Fredericks. Yeah, match three: Tenkoji of uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima versus Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi, also known as the New Japan Dadge match. <laughs> I had Tenkoji for no discernible reason. Flip the coin, Blake. Flip it. Just flip it. Unless you have a defined answer, just flip. That's the rule. Okay. Let's see. I'll laugh so hard if he beats both of us. Oh, oh he is. It's gonna happen. All right, so uh, Tenzan and Kojima. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, match number four. Uh, one of the two last matches of the career of Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, Jushin Liger, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, the Great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask, uh, being escorted to the ring by El Samurai, versus Naoko Sano, uh, Shinjiro Utani, uh, Tachito Takiwa and Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, so, with- since this is his first retirement match, I'm gonna have to go with Team Liger. Yeah, that, yeah. I I said the same thing, but it's mostly because Dylan is. Do they have the same shit that we do here in America, where if the you basically have to lose your retirement match, or is it is it not as big there? I've never seen anybody retire. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been watching this shit for six years. No one's retired. They've left the company. Yeah. <laughs> and you left losing on that because you were going to another company. I've never seen anybody retire. Um. Yeah, then Liger. <laughs> Just Liger because I'm going to maintain that they're going to uphold wrestling, uh, pro- Western wrestling tradition by saying he wins this one just to go out on a win and then loses the following night, which spoiler alert for that prediction. Um. Match number five. Uh. Los Ingobernables of Evil, Sonata, Shingo, Takagi, and Bushi versus Suzuki-Goon of Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado. L-I-J. 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 Uh, I'm going to go with Suzuki-Goon. I'm going to go with Suzuki-Goon because it's their, probably their only match they get a win the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, I could say that. Yeah, because, like, Naito's in, like, Potentially up to two main events. Zach's probably going to lose his belt. Like, oh, yeah, this is the give him something match. It really yeah. is. Uh, next, we have chaos of Goto, uh, Ishii, Toroyano and uh, Yoshihashi versus the Bullet Club of Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta and Jujiro Takahashi. Bullet Club foot 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 for life. See, I can't go against the true ace of the company, Yano Toru. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you don't believe that low blow into a roll-up on, like, Chase Owens is going to happen, you don't know wrestling. Uh, flip the coin on this one, Bullet Club. All right. <laughs> Next up, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny versus Finjuice, uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley. <laughs> no, G.O.D., baby. 
Geodate. Yeah. I like how we all are just like, nah, nah, man. That's that's who I'm feeling. Feeling it right up in here. But, uh, honestly, I was going to have Finjuice winning this until I saw that he was getting his U.S. title rematch the next night, and I was like, there's no way he's walking out with both. I want you to know, I only know what's going on on your end, Scotty, because I know the lyrics to that song. <laughs> it's a very good song. You introduced me to how good G.O.D.'s theme song is, and that's all I've been jamming to over here, baby. They've had two straight good ones. Three straight, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. Okay, next up is Lance Archer versus John Moxley in a Texas death match for the IWGP United States Championship. Nice. I originally had Archer, and then I saw that Juice was getting a rematch the next night, which is why I say Moxley gets it back for one night. Another spoiler alert for night two, and then Juice beats him the second night. See, here's the thing is, is I don't know how much... John's going to be working after this. So him winning it for a night does nothing for Lance. Yeah. And if you have one of the other guys in like the later matches win and then lose the next night, then you're just having a bunch of titles. One like of one day reigns. That seems unnecessary. Well, are you talking about like the white Okada shit? Uh, yeah. And that, and that I don't feel that as much of a you win and then you lose as much as it's almost like a tournament to me. Of these are like your two semifinals, and then you have the finals the next night to determine who has them all. I, I don't consider that as much a you win and you lose. But that's fair. That, all right, well, who do you have, Blake? Um, I feel like uh, after our awards episode, I'm just gonna have to die on the Moxley Hill. Oh yeah, we all have a hill we're gonna die on. So for this show, actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to pronounce these, so I'll, I'll do the next one, which is. Osprey oh, no, wait. I, versus I, I, I hadn't picked yet. Oh, you haven't picked. Oh, wait. No. Are you? I thought you picked Archer. No, I was going to pick Moxley. Oh, okay. You had written down Archer. That's why. Oh, my bad. Oh, I'll change it for you. Well, then after that, we've got Will Osprey versus Hiromu Takahashi. And is there any world where Osprey wins? <laughs> is there? Yes, it's the same world where. Um... Okada won versus Naito three years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. But still, Takahashi. Absolutely. And then there's going to be a, a little cat-sized belt as well. By the way, there's a decent chance this match only goes seven minutes. Because if you saw their, like, tag stuff leading up to this, where they literally went a hundred miles an hour yeah. out of the gate, I'm just like, the whole match is going to be that. They're just going to do that for a whole match. It's going to be seven minutes gonna be burned out and you're just gonna be like what did i watch what was that you know what i wouldn't mind that like i I wouldn't either that's an early bid for a match of the year right there i would say osprey and takahashi absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, next so yeah it's a it's takahashi across the board yeah we all we all love hiromu on this show oh yeah easily he was the first guy that really got me into and it sounds racist to say the japanese side of new japan pro wrestling because Bullet Club got everybody in easily, and then it was just a bunch of Japanese guys as well. And then I saw Hiromu and went, oh, I get it now. I get why you guys love this now. And from that, got into Naito and everybody, and then realized, like, oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And now on to the double main event, where two hills will be revealed, where <laughs> two men on this show will die on one of them. To start, Jay White 
versus Naito for the Intercontinental Championship. Los Ingobernables. <laughs> I Dang. was like, what's that pause for? That pause usually happens when we think. We know. We all know. I, mean, I feel bad for not picking Lij earlier, but I was just like, I want that that uh, that tag match is just me wanting Suzuki to get like. Actually, no, I'm gonna go change it to Lij because I'm pretty sure this is Suzuki's last show, and they're gonna put him out on his back because he didn't sign a new contract. Oh fuck! Oh shit! Actually, I don't know when it expires, so we'll go with it anyway. I want him to get one last Wrestle Kingdom win. Well, this podcast is all tranquilo, baby. It's all Naito around the board. Now, Bla- Blake is the only one to deviate on o- Okada Ibushi, though, so I'm kind of curious about your reasoning, Blake. I've just changed it, like, three or four times because I feel like I know better. You do. You do. Honestly, if you picked Okada to win the whole thing, I'd be like, you- you've got a decent point. Gato does book these things. Yeah. <laughs> I I have Naito. I have, uh, like, so <laughs> I, the, I'm gift with too much knowledge. I know too much about what's going on here. Yeah. And like Okada is saying a bunch of shit about like, why would I want a second title? Like, why would I want second place? I'm already, I already have first place. Like talking about the IWGP one. And he's just been a kind of a dick to Bushi, which is why Bushi hit him with a briefcase. Yeah. Which is dope. Which is so dope. Um, so I just want him to lose because then Abushi gets the rub of having been IWGP champion. It doesn't matter if it's for one night. He still held it. And then that fuels him going forward to like be like, I I got a taste of glory, like of what Kenny and like everybody and like, no, I want more. And then he starts destroying people. On the other hand, it is Okada. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's the greatest wrestler on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Little bit. I talk about how much I love Kenny. I acknowledge that Okada is the greatest. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was your wrestler of the year of 2018, shocking the entire world because they were like, well, what about Kenny? And you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I love Kenny, but I respect Okada. It's like, Okada deserves this. The, the man came out wearing balloons and still had four and a half star matches. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Can't even compete with that. All right. On to night two. Damn, that was night one down. Yep. Yeah, night two. Uh, I, I love that, that they're back. The most violent players of uh, Togi Makabe and... Uh, Toriano, along with Ryusuke Taguchi, currently the never six-man openweight championships, or champions, sorry, versus Chaos of uh, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Robbie Eagles, versus Bullet Club of Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro, versus Los Ingobernables of Evil, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi, and Suzuki Gun of Taichi, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I had Chaos just because none of the other, like trio combinations appealed to me in a way where I said, they could run with those. They could run with those for a while. I mean, L.I.J. could just because it has Shingo. Yeah. Yeah. I actually picked uh, L.I.J. That's fair. I picked Chaos just because I feel like after that tag league, they want to give Yoshihashi something, even if it's a participation prize. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you got your first win. You've only been with this company since 2012. Mm-hmm. as a main roster person now moving on to the next one i thought liger was having a singles match to end his career but apparently not suzuki was his last singles match wow which is a great way to go out yeah very much yeah 
You see the you see the tag match where he almost pinned Okada? No, what? Yeah, yeah. The like the second to last one, it was like a six man, and uh, he was wearing his black suit. It was black suit Liger, and he like Okada was being cocky, and he got freaking showtayed, and then Liger bombed. And like it was oh, one, fuck. two, and they had to break up the pin. And everybody was like, holy shit, Liger almost pinned Okada. That's that's great. That's a great note to go out on. But yeah, it's Liger and who versus Takahashi and somebody. You that that's Dragon Lee. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to get I don't have the actual match listing in front of me. That's yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I thought you meant you didn't know who Ryu Lee was, and I was like, Ryu's Japanese for dragon, it's just Dragon <laughs> Lee, but the weeb version. I have those two, I have them too, but like, also bonus points, I picked Takahashi to pin Liger. Oh yeah, easily, easily Takahashi has to pin Liger. And then like, bow to him afterwards, like that's straight up how it's gonna be. Blake? Uh, oh no, no, I had, um... Takahashi. Yeah, you had Takahashi. Takahashi. Okay, cool. I, I forgot where we were for a second. <laughs> for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championships, Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo versus Rapungi 3K of Sho and Yo, three-time winners of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament, which is why I have them losing, because I'm fucking sick of seeing them. Which, by the way, I did not even realize that fucking e- ELP... And uh, that they had the titles. Had no idea. And then I was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. No, I I, I don't watch enough New Japan to be sick of Rapungi 3K yet. I fucking love Rapungi 3K, which is why I have them winning the titles. I've also picked Rapungi 3K. That's fine. They probably will. As it is, like, uh, we've done the mirror thing uh, a few times already where, like, um, well, it's okay. I'm going to lose by an amount where I have to pay out, like, $100 to this charity. I've just come to grips with it. Well, I need you to do better because Fight Boys, just as a corporation, is going to match whatever you donate. Listen here, asshole. That was your call. I'm going to need you to ease off the brakes here. I'm going to need you to not pick Bray Wyatt for one. (laughs) Actually, hold on. Yeah, right now you're good. Uh, Up next, we've got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata, and I'm the lone man here picking ZSJ. Yeah, I just... It's a thing where they haven't given Sonata anything, so if he loses this, like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. With me, I had ha- already done so many title changes that I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna give that to ZSGA. I'm gonna let him keep it. But here's the thing, is that that's why I have the tag titles not going anywhere. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, I can see that. Because, like, n- uh, traditionally, Wrestle Kingdom, there are a ton of title changes. Yeah. I mean, hell, there's the double main event, which, like, there has to be at least one, probably. I mean, yeah. It's gonna be Jay Wyatt, even though he already has the title, fucking us completely. As Gazi says in the chat, it is New Japan. They could always just go with the Kiwi. They will They will not do that. <laughs> uh, so, it's Juice Robinson against whoever wins the first night. Are there any of us that don't have Juice Robinson? Blake, nope. would you like... I was gonna say, would you like to pick John... Nope. My okay. favorite part about this prediction is looking in the prediction spreadsheet where each of us has spelled juice in a di- I spelled it correctly. Then we've got Dylan's, who looks like a French version, J-U-I-S, juice. And then Blake, who just said, fuck it, two U's, juice. Juice. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, that's I love I fucking love Juice so much. That's my one thing I do not like about the fact that AEW now being the elite is all AEW guys is the fact that we don't have more of goofy ass Juice Robinson running around. They were your boys. Those are your I boys. So wait, now the now the now the, now the man, women coming up to you. <laughs> Huge, huge. How's it going? Kenta versus Goto, and once again, I stand alone as the only Kenta stand here. Do you know why I chose Goto? Yeah. Do you know who's going to walk to the ring with Goto? I do not. Shibata. <sighs> Man, you know the is... guy that you know the guy that Kenta fucked over eight months ago. Man, that is the JWF referee. He's been working real hard for us. I mean, if you have a referee in your corner, that's like an instant No, I'm going to stick with Kenta, and it's Kenta's big fuck you moment is having having him right there and just, like, flipping the middle finger. It's fucking predictions like this, though, where it's like, oh, Scotty stands alone. How could he even go overcome these fucking odds right here? Oh, no, he John Cena's us on, a, on like, a monthly basis. It's... It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Next up, we have the loser of the matches of the night previous. Oh, really? I didn't see this one. Yeah, yeah. The loser of the IC and uh, other... They get a third place match. Oh, okay. I have Okada. Oh, White versus Okada? Okada, yeah. yeah. You're, for you, for you, it's going to be Ibushi versus White. White, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Coin! Yeah. <laughs> Ibushi. Ibushi. All right. There we I go. Am, uh, specials. Am, well, hold on. I'm getting that feeling. I'm getting that feeling that's gonna fuck me. I'm picking the Kiwi. <laughs> All right. Go go for it. So we, we I love how we each have a different person. Which can only be in a in a two-man match, which can only be done in this situation. Yeah. Okay, do you want to know my reasoning for this? <clears throat> so yeah. we already had we already had Okada lose to Jay last year at Wrestle Kingdom. Like big whatever. Up to this point, Jay White has only had one setback match, which was when yeah. he lost the title back to Okada. Since then, like rip tear. Like he's been this big overconfident. He's the only person not to have a setback. Abushi multiple times. Naito had that crushing Wrestle Kingdom loss. Okada Literally started wearing pants. Um, yeah. It was a real rough time for us all. Real rough time for us all. Like, this is a character growth moment. If Jay loses back-to-back. Yeah. Because up to this, he's been, like, inflappable. Like, whatever I say happens, but, you know. This is what I really like about this, um... This, uh, the way they've got these laid out. Because there are just some where it's just, like... We each have a different dude picked because of the way that the previous matches go. Yeah. Uh, next up, special single match. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. Where if Tanahashi wins, he gets an AEW title shot. See, that's one of those things that easily could make you be like, oh, then Jericho's gonna win and stop Tanahashi from coming in. Or... Now you just have a second match between those two, which is already going to be an instant classic. So I have no fucking idea right now. I genuinely have no idea. Uh, I think this is a hard one because everybody's expecting Jericho to win. Jericho. (laughs) Okay. 
Right. So we've got one Jericho. I am. I'm gonna say Tanahashi. I'm gonna say Tanahashi because I know AEW wants to say we we don't have a working relationship with New Japan. I think this is the moment where they're like, "Hey guys, we fucking lied. <laughs> it's our bad." I think at the very least, this is just gonna be like something they could use to give a little bit for both of them. Have yeah. Tanahashi win on their show, and then have Jericho win on AEW. Yeah, like how in King Kong versus Godzilla, King Kong won in America and Godzilla won in Japan. That's what this is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going Tanahashi. Yeah. And also, I just want that fucking surprise. And in the the main, main event, for all the marbles, we have whoever you have winning each of the first matches on night one, going for both the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships to be the first ever double champion in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling. There will be a very, very proud Canadian boy with spaghetti hair crying in his apartment that morning as he watches his best friend Kota Ibushi win both titles it's gotta be that's my pick 110 blake are you gonna quarter this oh no no i'm putting them up (laughs) i was like oh no 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 he wants to make the he wants to make the rainmaker sound effect because he's picking okada oh yeah yes i mean it's it's not a bad pick like i don't think any of the three none of us said jay white so none of us have a bad pick really right now yeah and, I mean, you only said Jay White in the losers match, so that's not even the worst. Yeah, that don't count. Who you got, Blake? Oh, it's Okada, baby. I'm, okay. This is, I guess I'm dying on two hills. Yeah, it's fine. We're That's okay. In the finals, I like how in the main event we're each dying on a different hill. I'm dying on the Naito finally getting his moment hill. It literally, no, you need to understand, it literally has to be now, or you might as well retire. It's over. I wonder how far in advance does New Japan book? Because Gato, of that, probably like four months. Okay, because my like, imagine if he had booked this a year before, like before Kenny left or anything, and the original plan was going to be Kenny hold the title all the way till there. Oh no, he didn't. The plan oh, really? was the plan was Kenny loses at Madison Square Garden. That's why I was a hundred percent sure that Jay White was going to lose at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh well, hold on. Then Kenny chases the title. Kenny versus Okada five or whatever. For the title, Coda versus White, same exact plan. Kenny no. wins, Coda wins, Kenny versus Coda the next night. I mean, it would have been nice. I'm just fantasying booking something that would have been fun. So, so here's just- the thing. That's really good. They could have put that on, like, the undercard. Like, they could have put that on night one. The The main event, the real main event, the real thing is the coronation of, like, Naito. Because, okay. like, that's the that's the perfect ending. Spoiler alert for Dylan's prediction right there. Yeah. I said that starting off. I said I was going to die on the Night Hill. Yeah, yeah. Because ever since the last Wrestle Kingdom that he main evented, where he lost in that manner, like he's been he's been chasing. And I want to I want to I want to see the payoff because he was out. He had no way back to the title because he said he was going to like he was holding the IC title as like a way to get there. And he lost it to Jay. So the only way for him to, like, fully achieve redemption in the company is to not overly beat Jay, but probably beat Okada. Like, Blake's probably right on that. But I want Ibushi just for, like, the long-term rub. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But 
You know, you guys know what else I saw today? Your patrons? Oh yeah, not patron, patrons. Because Gazi finally has a competitor who has entered the building. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patreon.com slash a load of BS ring. The man known as Eric Fulmer. Fulmer. He might be my cousin-in-law, but at the same time, fuck yeah, Eric, donating at patreon.com slash a load of BS, which means that he gets shouted out on the show of his choice every single week like that absolute son of a bitch, Ghazi. He gets access to exclusive programming from all the BS network programs from me also, the Me Again sister show, to Wrestling History X. Our show where we take deep dives into the world of pro wrestling. We are, Our first episode is going to be out next Wednesday, I believe it's going to be. Yeah, it should be next Wednesday. And it is going to be on the Summer of Punk. So it is going to be me doing my own Dan Carlin hardcore history review of one of my favorite moments of last decade, the pipe bomb. And to get access to all of that, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now... Earlier today, I did tweet how badly I wanted that hangman image canvassed on my wall. Should we just tweet the good hangman today? Yeah, just just ask him it, ask him what his address is so we can send him a, a handle of good old Jack Daniels. Yeah, or I could just be like, hey, AEW Atlanta, we'll buy you nice whiskey. You bring the canvas. You have 48 hours. We're awaiting your answer. This tweet will self-destruct in five seconds. Respond or die. It's gotta be hashtag hung boys, right? Hung boys. Hung boys. Hashtag we've been drinking. So we talked entirely too long about New Japan, so you guys want to rush through the fucking heels and faces of this week? Yeah, Scotty, ours are close enough, so... Let's do baby faces, because this week was another heel that we can rant on. And my baby face this week is none other than ooh, wah, ooh, wah, ooh, wah, blah, Samoa fucking Joe for returning in the most badass fashion of all time, which is, I, I think I sent you guys the clip, AOP and Seth are beating down, I think they're beating down Ray. Walk up to the... Nope, they're uh, being down KO. Ray wasn't even in the segment. I could have sworn this was last week when it was Ray. Was it not? No, that was this was Monday. No, not this Monday. Previous Monday. Oh, okay, no. This Monday is where he marched down to the ring and kicked a dude in the chest. <laughs> yes, that was very good as well. But my favorite was still walk up to the commentary booth, start ripping it apart. And you know what commentators are supposed to do during this. They're supposed to scatter. Joe, meanwhile, swivels in his chair like a Bond villain and looks up at AOP like, really? You want to do this right now? You really want to do? And he's talking smack through the commentary, Mike. And at one point, he's just like, I mean, I can stand up, but you won't like what happens when I stand up. And then not a doubt fucking stands up, takes off his blazer and starts beating the shit out of him. And I'm like. That's how you bring back Samoa Joe right there. That is the perfect yeah, see, way was, to do it. I was more a fan of the next week where they told Samoa Joe to leave the building. Yeah. Uh, and he just stood there with KO. He's like, all right, boys. Anybody who touches me doesn't get a feel with their fingers anymore. <laughs> and then he leaves and then KO just follows after him. I was like, happy new year. Just walk out. They're like a buddy cop film. 
Joe is genuinely the best talker in the company right now, which is insane to me because he's never someone I ever thought of as a great talker. But no, he's a hard ass baby face. It's great. When you when he speaks, you fucking listen and you're terrified the whole time. I mean, no matter what role he's in, like he is a scary motherfucker and we need more scary motherfucker baby faces. He also has my favorite STO in the entire fucking business. When, like, a young, tiny baby face runs at him and he just fucking yeets him out of midair into the mat. Oh, yeah. His midair Uranagi? Very good. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Blake, who is your baby face this week? My baby face is not a wrestler or a wrestling personality. It's more an experience that I had on New Year's Eve. Okay. So, um, did you get to wear a lucha mask and do good lucha things? <laughs> if fucking only, dude. If I had been drinking on New Year's Eve, then probably. Um, Wait, what? You weren't? Yeah. Uh, it's the damnedest thing, isn't it? I nope. I had two glasses of bourbon at least. Damn, Blake. Um, I did. I had one drink and that was it. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, so I went to a party with a bunch of theater people in town and um. The guy there, I won't say his name, but he's a pretty well-known, well-respected actor in town. Has uh, done a lot of professional stuff. But um, do I know this man? I don't think you do. Oh damn! Surprisingly, okay. um, but he was. Uh, I mean, we were just shooting the shit about whatever, and um, he brought up wrestling because I knew he was a wrestling fan. But I thought that like he was more of a because he's in his uh, early forties, like, uh, but more of like a golden age eighties early 90s Attitude Era guy, and it kind of fell off. But, like, we started talking, and he starts bringing up New Japan, and, like, we're just firing shit off, and I'm like, so, uh, ha have you watched any AEW? Loved it. Love it. Yeah, let's go. And we spent a good hour of this party talking about AEW and how great wrestling is. And I was never expecting that in a million years. So when you just meet a random wrestling fan in the wild and you guys just like gel on the kinds of wrestling you like and what you like in wrestling, you can just talk for fucking ever. That's my baby face of the moment, of the day, week, week. Now the, now the important question though, did you tell him <laughs> to check out a certain small time podcast known as the Fight Boys? No, he's not someone I would ever shill to. I respect him too much. <laughs> he's not you, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my baby face of the week is uh, is the elite, um, mainly the main event ones because they made a match so great for me. It, it felt like I I never got to, I've never gotten to go to Reseda, like especially not during the golden years. But that felt like a, like one of those like ones you see on like the high spots YouTube channel. Or like the the PW YouTube channel where it's just like, yeah, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks took on the Lucha Bros, and we brought in Pac for Pac for this this match, and you're just like, holy shit, this is gonna be a spot, and it was. It was only 13 minutes. Well, see, that was the good thing about because I think I, I don't know if it was last episode or the previous one where I talked about the problem with the, I've had with their main events where it'll be like 10 minutes left to go and that's all they get. This match did not feel rushed. Main events in the past have felt really rushed. This one felt like perfectly paced out and really well done. I, I loved it a lot. Nice. Oh, uh, also my baby face of the week is uh, is Dustin Rhodes for um, adopting doing 
Canadian destroyers every match, despite being in his 50s. Yep. This is his, um, because he's, I saw someone post earlier today, this is his fifth decade in wrestling now. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do this decade? Canadian destroyer on the apron. Let's bring in the new year! I mean, the moment I... He had him set up for it, and I was like, oh, he'll probably, like, powerbomb him onto the apron, or they'll do some weird, oh, fuck! And then he just flips over and nails it, and I'm like, yeah, imagine, oh, okay, imagine, imagine seeing that live, because I had the same thought. I was like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna do this, yeah, yeah, and then he does that. I was like, I, that, I didn't mean he was gonna do that. <laughs> he he <laughs> exactly. fucking did that. It's like the moment during that Keith Lee-Dominic match we watched in NXT, where you're like, do a Spanish fly off the top rope! Wait, no, wait, no, 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 I was joking, I was joking, oh, fuck! He did it! Boom! Um, I'll go first, because my heel, I think, is different than both of yours. Because I have a problem with a different, a different part of, of this segment. Actually, we can just talk about the, the wedding, because I think all of our things go with that. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay, hold on, so straight up, this is the second time in history, the first ever recorded one, Triple Heel of the Week goes to the marriage segment on WWE. I mean, it's, which is, like, it's, it's not to say that there weren't parts that were entertaining, because it's, like, it has 7 million views on YouTube or something. It's, like, their channels. Yeah, were, it's the, it's the soap opera shit that really gets people in to wrestling. I mean, they were purposefully trying to do a shitty Jerry Springer segment. Yeah. And it worked until it didn't. Like, the fact that you couldn't nail being bad really upsets me. It's probably better the time that Jerry Springer actually came onto the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was that was that was legit. Uh, is... No, my my problem was they had the dude come out and like randomly spiel, and then my other problem was that just how it ended. It was like, yeah, these two random people standing tall. It's like, what? Yay! Yay! Why did you wait until the I do part to come out of the cake and and Machka kick him? Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why didn't you just do that? It's like, does anyone have any objections? Rusev Day! You just bam. You hit the, you don't even hit, you don't even hit Lashley. You hit the priest and then you bolt. <laughs> yeah. Barrier down. You just run for yep. it. Hit the priest and bolt. That's exactly how you end a wedding. Yep. That's how ours ended. Yeah, you got arrested for that. It was good. <laughs> Um, Blake, would you like to go? Because I just, I got, my thing is so bad. My thing, like, there was a lot that was, I I did not enjoy about this segment, but really the thing that got me was, you had Liv Morgan come out, and she did her stuff with Lana, and I think that in a world, in some universe, like, you could make that to be, like, a big twist, like, oh, shit. But they immediately started catfighting like the Divas used to. And I had forgotten how much I hated seeing, like, bad, like, not wrestling fighting in a wrestling ring. If that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. You know, they were just throwing, like, they weren't even throwing punches or legitimate looking slaps. They were just, like, woofing at each other and then just, like, and just throwing stuff at it. It just felt like one of the Dark Order attacking Dustin Rhodes, just whipping every punch. It was like a Dean Ambrose punch. It looked like he was just sliding his fist across his chest. It looked like a <laughs> exactly. looked like a Shane McMahon beatdown. Just wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. 
well, so I, it was just really annoying, especially, you know, at the end of the segment. Which, by the way, secondary heel of the week goes to Vince McMahon, who apparently fucking loved the segment so much that they, someone was interviewed and they're like, this is gonna keep going until, like, WrestleMania and it's gonna get more Jerry Springer than it is. It's gonna get a lot worse. And I was like, oh shit, fuck, dude, really? Yeah, I'm not surprised. You remember, you remember um, Rusev Ray and uh, Lana Ziggler? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was something. I wasn't, I didn't fully hate that, because it did at least give us, I got you this gift, it's a fish! I got you a fish and dog Ziggler. Yeah, that was one of those like, okay, this is uh, stupid and hokey, but like Rusev's uh, fucking so good at comedy. Yeah, Ru- this this program has too much Lana and not enough Rusev. If this was all just Rusev coming out and being like, my bitch of an ex-wife, am I right, y'all? That would have been great. But no, instead we have to have Lana always looking like she's forgotten every single line the minute she steps up to a microphone um here here's what i here's what i think will likely happen is so you know how liv's been taking all of those like vignettes in like the like in like a bathtub next one her and rusev (laughs) that would be good um let's see i've actually looked up a news report on it It noted, Vince has wanted to do more crazy stories like this, but he has to balance things out to satisfy the people at USA and the sponsors. He got what he wanted this week, and the overrun did nice numbers, so Vince is in a good mood. As noted, the wedding was crashed by Rusev and Liv Morgan, who made her surprise TV return. There's no... Also claiming to be bisexual, which wasn't acknowledged and, like, seemed kind of throwaway. Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on, we'll get into that. There's no word yet on what exactly is planned for it, but the same source reportedly noted that this could run until WrestleMania. They said they have things mapped out for the next few weeks. Vince loves it so much, and he's open to more off-the-walls ideas. It was also reported that Liv was not originally supposed to be in this angle, but plans changed as Paul Heyman wanted to push her, so the decision was made to have her involved in the wedding program. This is a fucking monkey's paw. Yeah. Like WWE always fucking does. It's just like, oh, you know what? We should push this wrestler. Let's just give him this shitty little angle, part of like the shittiest angle of 2019 that's going to keep going until all three of us are dead. Regarding Rusev, the new report. Wait, claims- are you saying that because because you've you've agreed to our murder suicide pact? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a given. That that's called the Benoit Initiative. Is what oh, we named it. All right, uh, I have to leave now because I can't. Uh, regarding Rusev, the new That's report, the line, Scotty. The, new, the rumor claims that the Bulgarian brute will be getting a love interest of his own named Summer Ray, and he would come out of the storyline looking good. I'll, I'll believe all of that, except for he would come out of this looking good. No, I mean, he looks good in general, so... Yeah. He is, I didn't realize how handsome of a man old Rusev was until of late, but handsome Rusev is not a gimmick. He's a handsome fucking man, and it makes me Well, he came in, and, like, he's lost, like, 50 pounds, and he cut, like, the long, oily hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, Rusev, I mean, he used to just be this barrel-chested beast, but now... Now he's swat. You know what? Now he's my barrel-chested beast. Yeah. Spirit- splitting up with Lana is the best thing that ever happened to him. I don't know why he keeps doing this. <laughs> but 
now on to the big issue, which is, of course, the Liv Morgan issue. Or the random blonde woman issue, because commentary, not fucking once, ever said, that's Liv Morgan. Why is Liv Morgan here? Liv Morgan and Rusev celebrating. Social media did that. All that did it. But for the most, I legitimately thought it was Dana Brooke until they did a close-up. I was like, oh, that's random blonde woman. Oh, that's Dana. And then it zoomed in, and I realized it was Liv, and I went, oh, oh fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Listen, I, I know there's a lot of problems with their previous lifeless gimmick of just being, like, quirky and off the wall, but, like, f- f- like... Riot Squad was fucking good. Let's just say it. Riot Squad was good. It was. I miss Riot Squad every week. And then you have... After having multiple LGBTQ wrestlers in your company petition for angles to really get the exposure out there and bring them in, you instead still use LGBTQ storyline to get a shock from the audience. It's not a, oh, I'm coming out right now as either bisexual or lesbian, which I can't wait for Rusev to come out as bi because that was basically confirmed when he came out with the uh, with fucking was it No Way Jose's fucking party crew and he's like I love all the women and all the men they love all Rusev and I was like this is bisexual Rusev is the energy twenty twenty needs bisexual Rusev day yes. you know what. Every day is bisexual Rusev Day. Yeah. Rusev is just such a furious lovemaker that he just needs all kinds. But then uh, CM Punk summed it up pretty much perfectly, and I'm very mad that he won't be back on backstage for three weeks. WWE needs to hire people who actually understand what representation means to the audience they're trying to reach. But what do I know? I'm a bear. I suck the heads off fish. <laughs> which is a very good kiss kiss bang ref, bang bang reference mm-hmm. um but yeah what the fuck wwe i you even had a storyline on total divas of sonya deville and mandy trying to get an lgbtq storyline started and uh, which by the way they were probably the biggest people afterwards to come out because they were just like fucking really really this is what you give us <laughs> that's what you give us hey reference? listen we're getting mandy rose and otis so don't I don't. That's that's probably my favorite thing happening in WWE right now. But yeah, God, I can't believe we didn't even talk about that. That was so good. It was very, very good. It's because it's because it's currently in like weird '80s like rom com territory where you like you know that something terrible is going to happen. Oh yeah, it's going to turn into a bullying angle. It's going to be like Mandy coming down to the ring to save Otis and then like kick him in the balls and something or something and then align with whatever heel was beating him up. Like that's straight oh, up. You remember the AJ Caitlin angle where Big E came out? Oh, and it turned out yeah. the Big E bit. It's going to be like that, but in reverse. Exactly. God. But yeah, hey, WWE, fuck you. <laughs> the only, the only positive. Fuck you, thank you, bye. <laughs> The year was 1969. The U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. 
The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? board and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this TV. Well, boys, we've talked WWE and we talked an entirely too much long, too long amount of Wrestle Kingdom chat, which I know Dylan appreciated. But right now I want to get on the road to Wrestle Palooza. So we got to turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night Walk. gentlemen to jwf monday night war i'm your host silver spoon joined as always by the man who's been paving the road the road to wrestlebalooza it's captain ted you know sales i'm a hard worker i always pave roads this time of year to help the needy the needy wrestlers of the jwf that's right, Tibbs. But before we can get to Wrestlepalooza, we've got one hell of a stop at the Regal Rumble, an amazing pay-per-view headed by the Regal Rumble match where 20 men step into the ring. But only one man can walk out with an opportunity, an opportunity to face the JWF champion in the main event of Wrestlepalooza. This match has made stars, and it might do it again this year, Tibbs. What do you think? Sills, of course it will. This is the greatest show in any, any, any sports event ever. Something. Any sports. We're the best. You heard it here, folks. But, I mean, the real question is who is the winner of the Regal Rumble gonna face? Because as of right now, our champion is Momoa Curry. But right now, I gotta say, he's got the biggest threat to his title reign he's had all year. Because the man known as Blake Tanner, the longest reigning champion in this modern era, he's making a bid for Momoa's title. And Tibbs, I don't think Momoa should take that lightly. Not at all, Sills. Blake Tanner held that title for a long time. He got it through the most grueling, grueling of months and months and months of fighting just to hold it. And he held on to it. But, you know... So this is still Momoa Curry, and this is not the same Blake Tanner that won the JWF championship. Well, you say that, and I know you're trying to undercut Blake, but you gotta think, Blake won that title on his own. He held it for a year on his own. Right now, Blake Tanner essentially has a, a massive crew behind him. The men known as the Dynasty, Scotty Moore, the Dylan, they've aligned together, and I think when those three men come together, they can they can really accomplish anything. And that's why I really fear for his title reign. What do you think? You know, Sills, I don't know if this is going to be a situation like we see with the Dynasty where all of them together will help or hurt the contender. I think it could go either way. That's right, Tibbs. But right now, the Dynasty are actually in our ring 
right now, and I think they've got a message for Momoa Curry and the entire JWF universe. Let's have a listen. You know, nothing shocks me day in and day out more than the sheer idiocy of each and every one of you in the JWF universe. The sheer audacity of each of you to think that we, the dynasty, would ever betray one of our brothers and kick them to the wayside as you thought we did to poor Blake Tanner here. No, I've said it before and I've said it again. Blake Tanner is the ace of the dynasty. When we want something done, he will get it done. We needed to have the tag titles. Blake Tanner got that done. We needed him to become a triple crown champion and he got it done. Blake Tanner, ladies and gentlemen, is a man that gets the job done. You hear me, ladies? And that's why Blake Tanner is not only gonna face Momoa Curry at the Regal Rumble, He's also going to defeat Momoa Curry for that belt around his waist. And I know what you guys are saying. You guys think you're so smart. You're saying, wait a minute, Scotty, you're Mr. Cash in the Bag. You've got the Cash in the Bag briefcase. Certainly you should want the JWF championship, not Blake. Really, guys? You really think I care about some dumb little championship? No, I care about making history and preserving history. And right now, Momoa Curry is on his way to defeating Blake Tanner's longest title reign in this company's history. And we are going to put a stop to that at the Regal Rumble. And not only that, we're going to go on to make history by giving you what you need. We're going to give you what you deserve. And that is the greatest triple threat match in JWF history. Because after Blake Tanner wins that title away from Momoa Curry, my cohort, my associate, this big son of a bitch right here, the man known as the Dylan, is going to go in and win the Regal Rumble match, securing his spot in the main event of Wrestlepalooza against Blake Tanner for that championship. And with this briefcase in my hand, with this cash-in-the-bag briefcase, I'll go ahead and turn that match into a triple threat. Which means that each member of the dynasty, the three greatest professional wrestlers in this company's history, are going to be treating you to a five-star classic in the main event of Wrestlepalooza because that's what you deserve because that's what we tell you. I mean, what better thing could happen for each and every one of you to see us face off for this championship? And rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, a triple threat in the main event of Wrestlepalooza, that will be what happens. Because we are undeniable. We are inevitable. We are a dynasty. And you can't stop us from giving you the greatest main event in professional wrestling history. History will be made at the Regal Rumble. It'll be made at Wrestlepalooza. And we will go on to have that triple threat match. And there's not a damn thing you can do to stop us. Because we are a dynasty. And you can bow at our feet. Well, Tibbs looks like Scotty Moore playing fantasy booking right there. Trying to, looks like the dynasty, they've got this weird conspiracy trying to put themselves in the main event of Wrestlepalooza. This is ridiculous. 
Uh, so this is a damn diabolical plot that you'd see in a fucking superhero movie or something. I I don't know how the Dynasty thinks that they're going to win all of this. But honestly, they could make it happen. I mean, we've seen it in the past, Tibbs. I mean, they said that Blake Tanner was going to become a Triple Crown champion, and he did. They said they were going to be covered in gold. The tag titles, that captain's championship, they had all of it. The Dynasty has been on a roll this past year, and who knows if it could continue into 2020. But speaking of things continuing into 2020, I want to talk about the JWF Championship match that we had just a few short weeks ago at Barcade where the men known as the Rat Sension, the Rat Boy Connor and Victor, they imploded, they broke up and decided to face Momoa Curry in a triple threat match. And while Momoa Curry did handily beat their asses, Tibbs, we do have to acknowledge the fact that the Rat Sension, I mean, one of the greatest tag teams in JWF history, they're broke, they've imploded. Well, says I don't know that I'd call them the greatest, but I understand the sentiment. The, the Rat Boys have been just a, a volatile mix for years. It, it, it's really obvious that Victor has been tired of Connor's shit for a long time, and he just finally snapped. That's right, Tibbs, and that's why we've sent one of our top interviewers backstage with that very man, Victor, to get his reaction to losing that match against Momoa Curry at Barcade. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Honey Pop make losing my job sometime soon here with the man who is just was just a few steps away from winning the JWF championship at Barcade. The man known as Victor. Now, Victor, many people thought you had that match won. But it was the fighting between you and your former partner, Connor, that was inevitably your downfall. How do you respond to people saying that? I just, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, cut the shit, honeypot. I wasn't close to winning anything. I wasn't inches away from becoming champion. I wasn't about to make my boyhood dream come true because, you see, I didn't want to. I didn't want to walk into Barcade with Momoa Carey on my mind. I walked into Barcade with eight long years of pain and suffering in my mind. I walked into Barcade willing to do whatever it took to make sure that I had Connor's damn head under my boot. Because that match wasn't about the JWF Championship for me. No matter what anybody else tries to say, no matter what you or anyone believes, that match was about getting revenge on my tag team partner that thought about nothing but himself. A man who slowly, methodically sabotaged our success every inch of the way. We were once considered one of the greatest tag teams in the business today. And I never let that change me. I always accepted it. I was humble about it. I never let it give me an ego that told me that I didn't need to work for it. But it did for Connor. Connor decided that since we were one of the greatest tag teams, he didn't have to work anymore. He didn't have to try to become better, to become the best tag team there ever was. He just sat back and rested on his laurels while I busted my ass day in and day out to become the best. So yeah, I am upset 
that I didn't beat Momoa Curry for the title. No, I'm not, really. But what I am upset about is that I never got to give Connor that beating that he truly deserved. Oh my god, Tibbs from out of nowhere! It's the Rat Boy! It's Connor and he is assaulting Victor, his former tag team partner absolutely laying him out. And you gotta think, Connor is not happy with how Victor's been talking about it. I wouldn't be happy if my tag team partner talked about me like that either, Sills, especially if it was true, which I'm pretty sure it is. That's right, but now it looks like Victor getting the upper hand. Both of these men, this is just a backstage brawl. This is violent. This is pure. This is unadulterated. And now, oh, wait a minute. We've got the security. We've got security on, t on hand trying to rip these two men apart. But, oh, my God, Victor with a flying elbow absolutely leveling Connor. Security pulling him away. And, and Tim, this is kind of this is difficult to watch. Uh, you say difficult, Sills. I say entertaining. That's going to put the numbers up. That's right, Tibbs, but I mean, who knows what's going to be next for these two former tag team champions. But right now, I want to talk about a couple of men who are on their way possibly to becoming our next tag team champions. The men known as Houston Longhorn and Sam Adams, the wild-eyed Southern boys. Men who shockingly aligned, aligned themselves at the Tibby Awards with the man known as Spider Lockhart, a man who we thought had retired, left this company for years. They aligned with him, and they absolutely decimated our tag champions, the men known as the VWO. And Tibbs, you know the Cloud family can't be happy about that. No, Sills, having a moment where you're trying to accept a great award like a Tibby taken from you by a dumb son of a bitch like Spider Lockhart. You know what, Sills? That just can't do something good for you. That's right, Tibbs. And the, everyone's been wondering why. I mean, why would Spider do this? Why would he align with Sam Adams? We know in the past, Spider and Sam, they were fast friends. Sam even getting the privilege to retire Spider in Spider's last match in this company. But right now, we've got the wild-eyed Southern boys in the ring. And, oh, God, Tibbs, who gave... Someone gave Spider a microphone. Who did that? Uh... Whoa, baby, it is good to be back, motherfucker. And I don't have to take no bumps or nothing. This is fucking phenomenal. I got these paychecks raining, baby. Because, you see, ladies and gentlemen, I said I was leaving the pro wrestling business last summer, and I meant it. Because I thought I had someone to pass the torch to. Sam, the beer man Adams, this six foot tall can of water next to me. He's a fighter, a drinker, a stone cold killer. He is everything that I aspire to be and more. And this man deserves to have every title in this company, baby. But much like he did to me, Captain Tibbs has been doing wrong by Sam Adams ever since I left, denying him opportunities left and right and keeping my man down. But with the old spider coming back and Houston Longhorn by our side, the JWF ain't never gonna forget the name of Sam Adams and the Wild Hide Southern Boys. We're about to run roughshod over this company, baby, and we're starting with those tag titles around the waist of them sissy boys, the VWO, sucking on your electric cigarettes like you're so cool. 
You see, the VWO, and especially that Hammerman motherfucker, they love to come out, do them flips and shit, trying to impress the JWF universe. But it ain't real. It ain't real like we are. No, those motherfuckers are exposing the business every single week, but we are the business. You see, ain't nobody gonna be scared at the VWO stumble into a bar drunk at 2 a.m. screaming about their ex-wife. But you can be damn sure they'll be scared if we show up. And that's why we... Tibbs! Tibbs, if the music of the BWO are tag team champions, Justin Clouds, Griffin Clouds, they're coming out and they do not seem happy. What do you think? Why is it always my fault, Sills? I just try to make a good company. I don't know, Tibbs, but I mean, Griffin is right there and he does not seem happy about these accusations that Spider has thrown his way. Oh, uh, I, I'm sorry, Spider. Uh, what was that you were saying about no one being afraid if we showed up? It certainly looks like you're scared as hell right now. You're hiding between your two cowboys there just like nothing. Hey, hey, look, hold on. I'm protecting you, son. I'm a manager. I ain't a wrestler. You can't help me. You can't. I'll sue oh, your no, ass. Don't, don't worry about that, Spider. We don't want to hurt you. We want to hurt these southern boys that decided to sneak attack us last week while we tried to claim our award for Tag Team of the Year. Or were you too distracted backstage uh, listening to Kenny Chesney and you didn't pay attention to that fact? You, you see, you're looking at the men who earned our spot as 2019's Tag Team of the Year, and it is a title that we hold proudly like all of the rest of our damn titles that none of you Southern boys have ever gotten a chance to touch. So if you want to come for our throne, you better think twice. Because we don't have some old has-been supporting us. We've got my brother, the Hammer Man. Oh my god, Tim's from out of nowhere! The Hammer Man! He just jumped out of the audience and he has assaulted Houston Longhorn with a big hammer boot, leveling the man known as Houston Longhorn. Oh, Meanwhile, yeah. Sam Adams, Spider Lockhart rushing to the oh. outside, escaping into the crowd, but my god, the Hammer Man just came out like a bullet out of, blood out of hell! Gosh, still just let me enjoy this moment. This is all I really wanted tonight. Oh yeah! That's right, the, the, the Hammerman keeping Houston Longhorn down, Sam Adams and Spider Lockhart. Almost looks like they're talking strategy in the crowd, watching in horror as in the center of the ring, the VWO, all three of them together, getting together. And oh my God, Tibbs. Tibbs, it looks like something big's about to happen because Griffin Clouds has picked up Houston Longhorn, inverting him as they set up for that devastating maneuver, the move that won him the championship, the under vapor, sending Houston's head crashing into the mat. And Tibbs, the wild-eyed Southern boys, they may want to take those titles, but I don't think the VWO are going to give it up that easy. I don't know if there are many things more satisfying than seeing that look on Spider Lockhart's face, Sills. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, the VWO last week, the, the ultimate embarrassment at the hands of Spider Lockhart and the wild-eyed Southern boys assaulting them before they could even claim their award for Tag Team of the Year. But they got some retaliation tonight as they took out 
Houston Longhorn, and they sent the wild-eyed Southern boys running to the hills, Tips. I love it, Sills. Don't you just love professional wrestling? That's right, and we have got some amazing professional wrestling coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have some amazing stuff ahead of the Regal Rumble pay-per-view where we are going to see Blake Tanner take on Momoa Curry. We're going to have the Regal Rumble match and several other astounding matches, but to find out what those are, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Pro Wrestling. So, Blakey T, it's been one hell of an episode, my boy. What did you learn this week? I learned that, you know what, we can have the timing for our show down, but once you put Japan in the mix, we have a 66.53% chance of talking for way too damn long. (laughs) And I learned that only two things can piss us off in this world enough to share it as heel of the week. Seth Rollins and a really, really shitty marriage segment on Raw. But until, Bad weddings. But until next week, ladies and gentlemen, remember to find Dylan on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where could they find you? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me on the BS Network doing all of the BS Network things that I do, which is Fight Boys, a load of BS, and you paid for this if you're a Patreon supporter. That's right, but also, you're a voice actor on Deviant, the audio drama about space piracy and chaos. Episode 3 is releasing this Sunday, and it is, it's, uh, for those JXT fans, you're gonna want to tune in, because a new character comes in that you may be a little bit too familiar with at that point. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Deviant and all those other all the other shows at a load of pure BS.com. That's where you can get opposite attractions. That's where you got it all. It's waiting for you at www.aloadofpurebs.com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Go support Mega Ran. He's uh, as big, if not a bigger wrestling nerd than all of us. He has his own podcast, Matt Mania. Check him out. Well, he did leave Matt Mania. He had to leave Matt Mania, unfortunately. I did not know about that. But but still check out Matt Mania. It's a very good show. And there's some very, very good boys. But before you support them, remember to support us at patreon.com slash a load of BS, as we talked about earlier. If you want some awesome Fight Boys merch, you can get it at merch.aloadofpurebs.com, in addition to some other really cool stuff, including Southern Mythology merch. It's merch for a book that will not exist for an entire year. I'm just an idiot. So support that way or support by leaving five stars on iTunes and telling one of your favorite friends who loves pro wrestling to check out the fight boys and as always you can find us at a load of purebs.com step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com find us on Facebook donate to the Patreon subscribe on YouTube and remember to follow us on Twitter at fight boy show Adam Page cause when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life <laughs>